Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. and welcome to this week's episode of this week's episode i am your host evan goldstein with me as always is the wonderful karen rendazzo meatwad get the door it's dracula (laughs) and the amazing chris rendazzo did you just throw molding at me (laughs) we here on this week's episode talk television it is still 31 days of halloween here at geek aid and this week's pick was done by chris And he chose Aqua Teen Hunger Force Season 1, Episode 3, Bus of the Undead. I don't understand it, but it's (laughs) fine. Uh, But before we get into... Well, you see, Evan, you got to look at the wheels. Yeah, I know. Those are the markings. Those are the markings. Um, (laughs) Before we get into that, here's your weekly reminder that you can get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. Just let us know you're out there. We'd love to hear from you. So, Chris, out of all the Halloween episodes out there, (laughs) the bus of the undead, what made you choose this one? Uh, it's one of my favorite episodes of this show, which I uh, have loved for a long time. Okay. Uh, and I was really curious if it still held up. And I, at least for me, it did. <laughs> I was laughing quite a bit. <laughs> See, now, I remember the Kick-Ass theme song, which mm-hmm. was the fun part for me. Because, you know, no matter what, no matter where you are, that theme song starts playing, your head starts bobbing, and you start singing along with it. Yeah. But, <laughs> or if you're me, you start rapping, and then your husband goes, "Don't do that, <laughs> don't do that." Um, but I actually forgot this was the episode with H. John Benjamin. And- I, that was going to be my question. <laughs> Did you purposely pick the one with? Well, after see, at first I picked this one, and then immediately after, I thought to myself, "I should have picked the one with Moth Monster Man." Moth Monster Man, no! Moth Monster Man, no! What has science done? <laughs> he escaped through the hole in the wall. <laughs> so yes, through the hole. It's so <laughs> quotable. This whole episode is so ridiculously quotable. But as I was watching it, I gave a good couple of chuckles, but I remember it like I guess I remember it fondly. And it for me. I should have stuck with the memories because this wasn't holding up for me. Yes. There well, the were... question is, how tired were you when you were watching it? Oh, I wasn't tired at all. I was. Well, there's your problem. <laughs> okay. So... Because when this show originally aired, it was late at night. This like show is way funnier when you are very tired. <laughs> or, as I'm told, stoned out of your mind. But it's not really my bag, so I watch it a lot when I'm tired. My favorite part of the show... Was at the was at the was at the end. If I'm not saying like the last lines of the show, he's like, "What? I locked the door." And Meatwad goes, "No, you didn't. You the locked do- that door. It's out the yard." 
that got me. I will do. I will do that. I will say that now. The unfortunate thing was, is as I watched it, the when did you get a cloner? <laughs> answer me. Wait, clone me and answer clone my me. clone. Obey me. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> when when I started to watch this, there was some sort of foul up with the labeling on my my server, and it it labeled the one after this the bus of the undead and that was the one with the 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 moonies oh the moonanites moonanites that's what it was and i watched that whole episode and i went there was no bus there was no undead something is wrong <laughs> <laughs> so i went back and figured it out it was just a, a numbering issue but karen yes i have i have no idea what your basis is with this show uh, I've seen most of this because, uh, I don't know, I guess... Because you're married either, to Chris? <laughs> right. But uh, either it was on when we were dating or, like, he made me watch it a lot when we were dating. I and can't quite remember. And you married him? I know. I don't know what happened there. Um, no, I really enjoy this. Um, I was kind of freaked out by H. John Benjamin as the guest star in this because I've been watching a lot of Archer. Mm-hmm. So, like, I heard the voice and I was like, why is Sterling Archer a moth? <laughs> I, but when, as, soon as, as soon as I heard the voice, I went, oh, that's why Chris picked this episode. Like, I really no, thought that that was just one of my all-time favorites. Just the whole thing with the bus is just... Why? Like, why Absolutely. does he have a bus? Why? Why do they go to Memphis in a cart? <laughs> that was being pulled <laughs> by a spiked cart. meat wad. There was a lot of weirdness in this, and... As opposed to going to see Elvis, there is the grave of Dracula in Memphis. Which is surrounded by Christmas lights for some reason. And the D on There's the a grave. D on the grave. It stands for Dracula. Hey, guys, you know what the D stands for? It stands for Dracula. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I wish I had as much fun watching it as I'm having as much fun talking about it with you, Chris. <laughs> I mean, like, I, I <laughs> just the matter of fact nature of when they come back and like just Frylock's face. First off, Frylock is wonderful in this episode because when the floating magical box of French fries is the <laughs> the rational one in the group, you you know, there's you're onto something very bizarre. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just his face when they come back and Carl's house is. Just, Covered in silk. Carl. Right in the beginning of the episode. I look down. Your house is... This cord plugged into my house. And your house is glowing like the freaking sun. So I put two and two two together there and decided that you're pissing me off. (laughs) Can we have our cord back? No, no. I'm I'm just going to keep this because it's 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 mine. It's mine anyway. (laughs) But when they come back... And like Carl's all upside down, and just H. John Benjamin's uh, delivery of just like, yeah, I, uh, you know, laid a thousand of my eggs in his esophagus, you know, got to propagate my species and all. Getting a real baby about it. (laughs) An assisted living Dracula. What the hell is that? Well, if you watch it from the beginning, you have to, like, it's slow paced, but you just. Oh, it's good. Well, he's good in it. <laughs> See, like this is more fun for me than watching the episode. So I'm not going to watch just, any more of this. I'm just going to talk to you about it. That's oh. the thing. The whole time I'm watching it, just remembering how much I love this episode, 
really the first season of the show. I, I I don't know that I've actually seen the last season or two. I fell off the show after a while, but these first couple of seasons of this show were just so bizarre and so like the the comedic timing is is, is really really spot on with this show, and it's also that the voice actors are just great. Like there is there there's no one that was on the show that was you know bad at what they were doing like they all had you could tell that they were all having a lot of fun like the guy mm-hmm. who voices master shake is just he's got such a such a unique voice and just his cadence of speech just the way he talks is so absolutely ridiculous <laughs> so he's screaming about the bus of the undead that it almost got him and drained him of his bud blood and he comes inside and the phone rings like hello <laughs> <laughs> why did you hit my bus with molding. <laughs> he wanted to stab it through the heart with a stake. So he rips the molding off the outside of the door. And then Meatwad's inside talking about it. He's like, Master he's a genius. <laughs> it's just like he's inching ever wow. closer to the bus. Wow. And just, <laughs> that was Chris's Meatwad impersonation. And it was spot on. Yep. He's really good at that, you guys. That's your husband, Karen. You he said has many I do. talents. He has many hidden talents, you guys. Many hidden talents. I and think he this just is... inches ever closer to it, and then he just like throws the molding at it and then runs away. <laughs> it's impenetrable. <laughs> I think this is one of those shows that it had to hit you at the right point in your life, and this hit us like when we were broke twenty somethings. You were living in Brooklyn. Oh. We were just staying up late at night doing stupid shit like this. Yeah, I mean, I remember when this show first, when just Adult Swim really started taking off. It was before I even moved to New York, and it was, I was watching it down here, and I was working in, uh, you know, working in the Hamilton Mall, like, selling posters at Prince Plus or whatever, selling video games wherever I was, and I just remember Adult Swim coming on, and it reminded me of everything that I liked about Liquid Television, because it was just like... Weird. Really, really, it was very weird, and it was hit or miss, but the stuff that was hit was like... It really just spoke to my sensibilities of just really bizarre humor, and it really is just all about timing. And because um, I've been, like I said before, I've been rewatching C Lab mm-hmm. a bunch lately. And talk about a weird show. I mean, that show makes absolutely no sense and goes so far off the deep end so often. But there's just a handful of voice actors on there, including Eric Estrada. Yes. <laughs> That's just yeah. like. They just a hundred percent committed to this level of insanity, and uh, it's just really funny. And eventually, you know, Adult Swim started going a little bit off the deep end in ways that I didn't really think was all that entertaining. Like I didn't like Squidbillies. I didn't like any really anything by Tim and Eric. Mm-mm. But you know, this this earlier stuff, uh, and including the the reruns of weird shows that they got, like uh, you know, they picked up the the home movies before they actually continued doing it themselves. They picked up. Um, reruns of mission hill uh just weird bits of animation and it was so strange and so unique at the time uh and i i loved it i really did and i must have watched these episodes dozens and dozens of times uh and it's really it was just really fun going back to this and kind of made me want to watch more of it and you know, going through Harvey Birdman again was great. Uh, I'm going to finish off going through Sea Lab again, and I might go through Aqua Teen, but I can't really uh, do it as... It, it doesn't hold up as well 
and long bursts as it used to for me. Like I used to be able to just marathon this stuff constantly, and now it's like I'll watch six or seven of them in a row and be like, "All right, I, I got to move on to something else." <laughs> All right, I'm but, good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm aquatined up. So, but going back to like you know an episode or two from time to time, like it, I I really want to watch Balloonenstein again because that was another great one. See, like I <laughs> like you know them by name. So in the in the the IMDb listing, the the. The synopsis makes, or they actually call it a summary, and they don't have a synopsis for us, but it says, Dr. Weird creates a mutant creature named Moth Monster Man. The creature escapes and flies to the, to the Aqua Teen's house, attracted by the light. We didn't even discuss the light and... Oh, yeah, the shake signal. The shake signal and how this all started, this, this interaction between Master Shake and the Moth Monster Man, because he's flat, like he's got these four or five spotlights on the top of his head, which is the shake signal, <laughs> but they're on the they're on his lid. So if there is so a let problem, let me get this straight. <laughs> there's trouble downtown. <laughs> well, of course they have to, you know, catch, a, catch, bus. A, catch a bus. <laughs> Carl, Carl, look at my flag. Like it? Like it? Nice. Get right? my design scrim. <laughs> <laughs> See, like this this show is. Like to say that it's weird, it is is an understatement. But like laced together, it's like astronomically weird in small bursts. Like within the episode, like yeah, that was a funny interaction about the light. But then the light led to the Mothman. The Mothman led to the flag being eaten. The, that how the why the were they watching being. Dracula on life support? Like it just starts to unravel. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah, anytime you start asking the whys of this, like, the mythos in this show makes no sense. Like, it always, every episode starts off with this castle on this mountain that's at the South Jersey Shore. I forgot and, about that. And I go, wow, I'm surprised I haven't seen more cosplay of, of Dr. Weird. Frylock and Dr. We There's a picture of Frylock and Dr. Weird, like, hanging out together in Frylock's bedroom. Like... All right, there's there's just there's some kind of mythos to this show, but at the end of the day, it's a ball of meat, a cup of whatever, and a floating thing of fries yeah. with a diamond on its back that has telekinetic powers, yeah. shoots lasers out of his eyes, yeah. and like the whole intro of the show is all about them being crime fighters, and there's all these they're action sequences, <laughs> they're detectives, and they're they're under the sea fighting a giant octopus, and they're you know beating down doors, and they're in space. They never do anything like that in the show. The closest they ever come to actually like solving mysteries or anything is in the first episode with the rabbit. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. No. The hole in the wall is from the very first episode where Dr. Weird creates a giant robot rabbit called the rabbit. And it immediately goes nuts and busts through the door. And then for the rest of the show, there's a giant rabbit rabbit shaped hole in the side of the castle. <laughs> okay. All right. He has escaped. <laughs> yes. Through the hole. Wow, you even did the sidekick pretty well, too. <laughs> All right. I Okay, so I am glad we watched this episode just so that I could sit here and talk to you about it because that was way more fun for me. Happy to be of service. That was a good time. I did note that that, that, that um, poster on Master... Nope. Frylock's wall of, of the... the, the I don't know. It Visible Frylock. Like it looks like an X-ray. <laughs> yeah, the poster is called Visible Frylock, and then it's just got all these like what internal organs and stuff inside of his fries and stuff. It's so weird. 
Well, <coughs> I, I I guess this this is apparently loved by you, liked by Karen, and I'm okay with it. So it's a win. It's in the win column. And it's definitely a Halloween episode it because is. there's a monster. There's Dracula. There's two Draculas. There's dead Dracula. Well, there's, wait, there's wait. the bus. He's not in the bus, Frylock. He, he is, is the, the bus. bus. <laughs> Answer the door. It's Dracula. Dracula? <laughs> oh, yeah. He need a meat man like you. <laughs> oh, it's, you know, it was worth watching it just to have this conversation. Whew. Awesome. All right. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk some news. Stay tuned. Terror is tough to maintain in the long term. The scariest pieces of horror entertainment have also traditionally been the shortest. Sean Hayes is here to explain how that applies to video games and how the most successful ones strike a balance between length and replay value. Sometimes the biggest scares come from the most familiar situations. Intrigued? Read all about it in Into the Terrifying Valley, Resident Evil 7. This season of the Venture Brothers has been a roller coaster, and Trish Reyes has been there for us the entire ride. As the season comes to a close, we're left with more questions. Will Team Monarch be triumphant? Will Brock go on his first killing spree in ages? How did Hank emerge from Comatown? If you are waiting for the season to end to binge them all, now's a great time to take in all of Season 7 and kick back with the Spoiler Brothers. GeekAid's 31 Days of Halloween keeps rolling on with a new installment of our Tales from the Crypt series. If you've ever wondered to yourself, Self, I wonder where I can see the likes of Katie Seagal, Sam Kennison, and Iggy Pop all work together to bring to life the tale of a murderous music producer whose hearing is cursed? Well then, look no further. Click on over to Alex Azar's latest Rising from the Crypt for crying out loud. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Thank you so much for checking out our commercials. It's news time. First up, from CBR.com, Arrowverse Batwoman's costume is finally revealed. Looks good. Looks just like the comic book version. Which it should. Um... She, I, I'm assuming it's her, because I, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. You're only seeing like, I don't know, a third of her real face. It's not really half, but um, costume looks spot on. As it you should. know, what I'm pretty impressed with is that the hair looks spot on. The thing that I wonder though is that if that's her hair color out of the suit too, mm-hmm. isn't that kind of a dead giveaway? Because that is a very specific red. <laughs> Superman, dude. Superman. Ah, fair enough. <laughs> We're talking the DC universe here. A pair of glasses goes a long way. <laughs> um, we also get within this article a, a bit of information about the crossover that's going to be happening, and you know when the arrow is is um, I guess Black Lightning is considered part of the Arrowverse now, right? No, it's no. not. No? It's separate, right? It could always it could always be roped in via multiverse, but it is not part of the Arrowverse. Now. Okay, because like they just list the DCTV returns to CW this fall. Blah 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 blah. So all of the dates are there. Um, they're going to do a 
a crossover, a three-day crossover. Is it with all of them? Because that would include... I think Legends is doing its own thing this year. I read somewhere. Hold on. Let me see. Because uh-huh. Rose will play Elseworlds before going to her own. Yeah. So this is her lead-in for her own pilot. They're doing that thing again. I could have sworn. Was it in this article that they, they explained? Uh, the highly anticipated crossover will air over three nights starting Saturday, December 9th through Tuesday, December 11th. So, hey, if it's three nights, that's Flash, Arrow, Arrow and Supergirl. Supergirl. Yeah. So, yeah, same as the last year. But this year we're getting Superman back. In a black costume, no less. In a black costume, no less. Uh, we're going to get a new Lois Lane. In a black costume? No, no that's Maybe, not true. No? Okay. I'm making that up. And um, Cassandra Jean Amell. I'm assuming that's... Uh, is that his a wife? Is that his wife? I don't know. Mm. Could be wife, sister, cousin. Coincidence. Uh, <laughs> coincidence. Yes. Uh, we're gonna be. She's gonna be playing Nora Freeze, the wife of Mister Freeze. Mm-hmm. So does that? Do you? Are we gonna get Mister Freeze? <laughs> Did we get Mister Freeze? We haven't yet. Okay. All right. I, so, I like Mister Freeze. Yeah. Series, you know that's a that's a Batman baddie. So, oh, Elseworlds, the crossover um, is started. It begins filming today, October 9th, It says so. That's not today. That was like six days ago. <laughs> but they just started filming, and we'll see it December 9th through the eleventh. So keep keep your eyes out for that one. Next up, boom. Deadline.com. Now, I could have sworn... I, I, I was... When I saw the headline, I was like, didn't didn't they do this once before? The Dresden Files fantasy novels have been optioned by Fox 21 TV Studios for series development. And yeah, I, the old Dresden Files show is actually kind of old at this point. And that was a CP show. It was a CP show starring... Uh, what's his face? Laurel! Laurel! Yes, the dude from Arrow. He was Dresden. So... There's been like 15 books, I think it said. So, there you go. Uh, I don't know anything about this other than I had a roommate at one point who wanted me to watch this show. Mm -hmm. And I didn't because she had us watch this other show. (laughs) God, what was that show that we watched for Keely? What was it? Lex. Lex. Oh, boy, that was bad. What? 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 This is a show called Lex. Uh, I had this roommate named Keely who was like into really, really crappy sci-fi shows. And oh, oh boy. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> we watched this show, Lex, on her recommendation, and it was unbelievably bad. So, uh, And then she wanted me to watch Dresden Files, and I said no. A f- friend of the show and, and a gaming fanatic, um, my, Mr. Marconi, son is named Dresden. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because of the series. If I'm not mistaken, that's where they got the name from. The TV show or the books? (laughs) Whatever. I think it's the books. I'm going to go with the books. I'm hoping it's the books. The books are pretty popular. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was like 15 books and like 90 million copies or something ridiculous like that. So, yeah. It is ridiculously popular. I don't know what Fox 21 is because they are like. They didn't say Fox. They say Fox 21. 
and I don't know what that is. I don't feel I feel like it it has it's not part of Fox. Well, it is part of Fox, but it's like an offshoot, I think, an offshoot studio. Mm-hmm. Fox 21 is uh, a subsidiary. It's Fox in Delaware. I'm oh. oh, sorry, Colorado. It's Fox in Colorado Springs. Gotcha. Well, there you go. So Colorado Springs is going to love Dresden. Moving on. And really, who wouldn't? That's true. Who wouldn't? <laughs> um, some bad news from BravoTV.com. Now, I can't really speak for this. I this like I don't know this person at all. So I'm hoping that one or both of you are going to ch- chime in. Bravo's top chef alum, Fatima Ali, says doctors have given her a year to live following the return of her cancer. Go. She was a really charismatic uh, contestant on a recent season, uh, season 15 of Top Chef. Okay. She was just a, a really cool lady. She she is. She's she's still around. She she's uh she was a great talented chef. She just had a really nice personality. Uh she made it pretty far on the show, not all the way to the end, but uh she did she did great. And I think uh her cancer diagnosis just came became public while she was like she found out after the show had finished taping and so the diagnosis became public while it was airing and uh-huh. so people started like coming out in support of her and all this stuff and uh she had beat it uh she had beat the first round of it but then now i guess it's come back so yeah, it was a rare form of bone cancer mm-hmm. so the shame. It's a darn shame she was cool i mean for sure she still is cool but she i mean she was cool on the show um Fatima thanked everyone for their love and support they've given during her journey and uh, she posted on Instagram but like right now she's concentrating on living the life that she has left which is kudos to her Mm -hmm. you know do the things that you want to do or need to do or have always wanted to do and start checking off those bucket lists kind of things so which for her is just like eating which which is awesome awesome Awesome. Good honor. And every chef worth their salt should be giving her a free free meal. There you go. It's a shame. All right, moving on to BBCAmerica.com. <clears throat> now, BBC America and Women's Media Center released new study of the impact of representation in sci-fi and superhero genre on girls. I read this entire article and I was like, none of this is shocking to me. All of this makes sense. And it's it seems like we just need to take care of it. Do it. Get more representation out there. Like, if... Can you make the rest of the male population think like you, please? I, I, I mean, I wish I could because there are a lot... Like, so far... They have tried and they failed in certain aspects because of what they are were what they were trying to do as and and with Wonder Woman and with with Doctor Who and uh like it's not it's the point is not to to zero out a niche and make it like, ooh, look, it's a woman. It's that's not the point. Build the character. Make the character strong. And if it's a woman, 
which there are a lot of strong female characters in the world of fantasy and comics and literature and whatnot like that will carry it don't Mm -hmm. don't concentrate on this is what this is the formula that needs to happen just you know do what you do for the guys and just make it a woman like i don't understand why it's it's not it's not it's not rocket science like they literally just okay i'm not a big doctor who fan i enjoy it when i watch it it's not something i hunt down watching this first episode of of this doctor made me want to watch more of it and it wasn't because she was a woman it was because the show was good mm-hmm. which i like that's a first for me i watched the other ones because it was goofy and funny or you know this guy was silly or oh that's a different take no this was a well done episode it's just good sci-fi <laughs> just, exactly and it just happened to be led by a woman Great. I think in both episodes. Well, the well, the first episode she was surprised that she was a woman for a second there. Yeah. And then in the second episode she forgot for a minute. And that was funny. I can't forget remember how it came up, but like somebody mentioned it and she was like surprised for a split second. It's like, "Oh, yeah, right." Um this this article is rife with numbers and percentages and age brackets and whatnot. The brass tacks of it is there's not enough female representation in sci-fi and fantasy <laughs> out there in 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 mass media and there needs to be and it can be done cuz it has been done do it again fix it <laughs> do it again uh Jody Whitaker has been quoted on a lot of interviews as as saying uh woman she she wants to get to the point where woman is not a genre mm-hmm. which is I think a pretty good way to put it. That's great. That's a great way to put it. Um, like, and what's what's amazing? I, I, you know what? We're gonna we'll talk more about Doctor Who in, in a minute or two. But brass tacks of it is, there are stories. There there is material. Just make it happen. I, if I had the money, if I had the the means. I'd do it, but I don't, so I can't. I'm just going to support it when it comes out. Karen, you have anything to add? Well, I think a good way to make there be more stories about women is to have there be more women creators. So, you know, opening up the door to <laughs> to some voices that haven't been heard before is one way to accomplish this goal. Yes, I'll Not agree with s- that. Not to skip over a story, but, you know, I know the story after the next one is about uh, Dragon Prince, Mm -hmm. and that's another show that is doing a pretty darn good job in that respect. There's a couple of female characters that is just, that's not drawn, and there's no attention drawn to that fact. They're just strong characters, yeah. Yeah, they are powerful because they're powerful, and they just wrote them like people. Yep. Instead of a like, you know, Girls. there's no there's no tropes attached to any of them. You know, the, the weakest character on the show is the little kid because it's a little kid. <laughs> you know, and even still, that character is still pretty darn strong in in intention and in you know mindset. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's. Anyway, we'll we'll come back we'll to that. Come back to yeah. <laughs> um, another another article from BBCAmerica.com. I. I 
I feel like this guy was created to play a vampire. I might be wrong, though. <laughs> a Discovery of Witches gets U.S. premiere date and trailer starring Matthew Good, or is it Goody? Yes. No, it's good. Good. Okay. It's very good. Uh, boo. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so, Karen, go ahead. You, you. I watched the trailer. I thought it was. I thought it looked good, but you said it differently. You put a little stank on it. So. I did. I don't remember what I said exactly, but uh. It's good. Oh yes. Well, Matthew Good is is quite good both to you know both at acting and at being someone who is nice to look at Mm. um yeah i have heard of the books that this is based on um and i i think i heard rumblings about this show a while ago um so it's cool that now we know kind of we get to see a glimpse of it and we know when it's coming although come on sundance sundance now and shutter I don't know what either of those are. Shudder is a horror-based, if I'm not mistaken, a horror-based channel. Okay. Which is weird. Uh, Wh- okay, the girl in this trailer, where yeah. where do I know her from? I don't know. Oh, damn it. I recognize her from something. Teresa was... Palmer. That's is that who it is? That's the name, yeah. All right, I so don't know. This, this article also um, speaks of a, uh, a Whovian actress. Mm-hmm. Who is that? Alex Kingston? Yeah. You, you, help me out. <laughs> Professor River Song. She's she was River also Song. on ER for like 350 years. <laughs> okay. So, all right. It's River. Okay. It's River Song. Got it. I, I, there's no picture. I don't know them by name, Karen. <laughs> I'm well, that's sorry. that's problem, Evan. Um, yeah. Um, and really, all you needed to tell me was Supernatural, Matthew Good, Alex Kingston. I'm done. I'm in. You're Let's sold. do it. Oh, she's from Warm Bodies. That's where I know her from. Oh, you love that movie. I love that movie. <laughs> but the trailer, all that said, you know, I, di- I didn't need anything else, but the trailer lo- does look cool and interesting. And from what I am, from what I know, the books are supposed to be very good. So um, that's really all I need to get me inter- some, interested in something. In case anybody was wondering, what does it take to Karen to watch a show? <laughs> the answer is not that much not that much okay all right moving on from ign.com let's talk some dragon prince because we're getting a season two um i'm so thrilled and i'm so sad that i missed this news because it came out during comic-con i was tweeting because i had just finished up the first season mm -hmm. that it needed to be renewed like somebody at netflix needs to get off their butt and just go ahead and pull pull the lever and renew that Flip show switch. That's, that's how that works they pull a lever and the show is renewed and then jengis from uh, the you shall not pass go podcast tweeted like dude they they did renew it a couple of days ago and i was like what the heck how did i miss this <laughs> and i not knowing that that had happened i was like oh it's like they were listening to you <laughs> so absolutely yeah, we, thrilled did we discuss them last week, the show? I feel like it was last week that we were unsure of it being, might have been the week before that, that we were they were they were talking about if they do get a season two, they're, they they yeah it was oh, pretty the recent, animation yeah. the animation thing so yeah. they're getting a season two, they sure are. S- stick with the story. You you got, you got that story shit down, locked yeah, and loaded. Yeah, they do. Yeah, or, they do. They got the story on lock. I am thrilled by this show work on the animation just a little bit because it's not it doesn't have to change greatly it's just that 
frames per second thing that we all saw that was really jarring. Yeah, it's not the art direction. It's not That's the art. That's fine. <laughs> it's literally the animation. Like, the animating of the art. <laughs> but this is a solid, solid show. Really, really good. It is not I, liquid I haven't least. seen any of it yet, but oh. um, I am thrilled that Ellie's been watching it with Chris in the morning, and now she refers to herself as a dragon princess. Nice. It's a good kid you got there. Yeah, yeah. We, we make good ones. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. So... There it is. Um, the, it's, it doesn't even say. It's just 2019? Nope. Yeah, as far as I know, there's no actual date yeah. for its return yet. But it just says I'll get more Voltron before that comes out anyway, so I'm all right. <laughs> you're set. You're, you're good. Uh, 2019, we're going to pay attention to that. That's the best that we got. Uh, next up, HollywoodReporter.com. Man. This is another show. Project Runway. Carly Kloss, Christian Siriano, Brandon Maxwell, Elaine Weather... Ooh. Welter Roth? <laughs> I, 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 none of those names mean anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> I read this headline at first. I read it really fast. And I thought that these people were coming to Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum's new show on Amazon. And I was like, okay. what? is this show gonna be but okay, no so it turns they out these are the void created who are when Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn and Zach exactly Hussein depart the series and uh also I, I guess did you say Zach Posen I don't know your audio cut yes. out for a second he Posen, is yes he is was a judge and so I guess he's being replaced by Brandon Maxwell who is a designer who I have heard of okay <clears throat> And uh, Elaine Welteroth, who I have not heard have heard of, but she is uh, another fashion magazine editor. So, so <clears> it's, <throat> it's, they got their they got their bona fides. They got their creds. That, oh yeah. Okay. Um, Christian Siriano is actually a former contestant. Okay. Um, he and and one of the more famous former contestants from this show. So, is he's been. Um, pretty successful since his win and he is like dressed a, a lot of celebrities like uh, what's her face from Saturday Night Live um, Leslie Jones okay he does all of her like premiere outfits and stuff um, so, I and was he's, under the impression that one of the reasons that he is famous is because he is bitchy and that's not Tim Gunn I don't think that that's true he was bitchy in his season but um, I think that was just kind of a TV thing. Like, I, I've i seen interviews and stuff with him since. And he's actually a pretty good guy. I don't know. I mean, nobody is as, you know, sweet and wonderful and nurturing as Tim Gunn. Yeah, those are pretty serious shoes to fill. Okay. <laughs> It's interesting, though. I'm just going to let you guys talk because I have, I got nothing. <laughs> it's interesting to me to have somebody who was a former contestant become the mentor on this show. That's a perspective that it, even Tim Gunn didn't have. So that's kind of neat. Cool. Chris, any, any closing thoughts? Uh, you know, just, I don't know. <laughs> I like, I, I really enjoyed Project Runway when Karen got me into it. It's a, it's a fun show to watch. Uh, it's obviously overdramatic, and I don't know, man. Tim Gunn is just wonderful. He's just the most wonderful man. <laughs> and uh, 
his whole role on the show is just being wonderful and helping people through things. And I don't know, man. I, from what I've seen of Christian Siriano, I'm, I'm just having a hard time imagining him being that compassionate and just because it's it's not just that Tim Gunn is like super nice and super compassionate. It's that he's a really he's really good at getting the best out of people. Like he's really good at talking to people in a way that makes them want to be better. Gotcha. And um, you don't feel like those other guys might might be able. I, to I don't know. I have off. very limited access to him. I have you know access to him from what I've seen of him on the show, which is him being like uber young and uber bitchy and calling everything fierce. And that's like, <laughs> oh my god, so many things that you just said made me not want to watch that show. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, without Heidi and Tim, I don't know that I... Not that we've watched the show in a while, but I'm more interested in seeing what Heidi and Tim are up to than checking out this... Uh, the new the cast only, of characters. The only person from uh, you know Original Recipe that's still on there is... Uh, what's her name? Uh, Nina Garcia, who I've never really liked very much. So, I don't know. I was, I was cheesed off when Michael Kors left, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh I'm not saying that this is a change that is going to make me watch this show. I don't know if there's anything that I think I think the original Project Runway is dead. Um even though it's still parading the corpse of this show around with new people in it. They're going to try though. They're going to try to reanimate that corpse. So Yeah, I mean like it just got back to Bravo and I was all like, "All right, cool. I never have to watch Lifetime again." But uh well. <laughs> There you go. All right. Um, next up from TVLine.com. Steve Carell says Office Revival would be impossible in current climate. I agree. Yes. <laughs> Steve Carell is right. Steve Carell is Especially with the, the, the characters that were. Yeah, no. Can't do that now. It's just... It's obvious. So... The office was very much a product of its time. Very much that so, 10 years is, ago. That time is not now. No, it is not. Don't make a show about a paper company. Don't make The Office again. Don't. <laughs> yeah. Don't. We, ha- we already have The Office. It's called The Office. <laughs> and we had The Office before that, which was also called The Office. We have two offices. They're both great for different reasons. That ship has sailed. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Karen or Chris, you posted up this next one, I should say, and it, I don't, it, me, I don't know what it is. It's a, okay. So uh, this, um, what is she a professor of? I can't Lindsay remember. What Lab. She's, L- Lindsay Lab. She's some sort of college professor. I can't remember exa- her exact profession, but um, she posted this uh, video of a little song she wrote uh, that I thought was amazing. Uh, it kind of summing up the entire. Uh, ridiculous just just how ridiculous it is that um the president says that it's a scary time to be a boy right now uh because you know any anyone can just you know throw false allegations and ruin your life mm-hmm. as seen by brett kavanaugh his life was ruined he got promoted to the highest possible office in his profession <laughs> darn you uh so she wrote this great song and she just threw it up on the internet and it just went everywhere and then uh, she got asked to perform it on jimmy kimmel and she did and it went well and that's wonderful i thought it was a neat thing cool there you go that's i i i it was just a, a tweet that i had no basis for understanding so 
thank you for clearing it up for me, Chris. Hey, no problem. And listen to the song. It's it's a good song. I will check it out. <laughs> I will. I, I, it, it was just that as I was reading it, like, it, I'm working my way through the news, and I'm like, oh, that's not the song. Okay, so I will have to hunt that down to find out what the hell is going on. <laughs> it is a good and simultaneously... Uh, you know, if you are a human with a conscious, incredibly heartbreaking song, <laughs> because it's like, oh, wow, that's that is what it's like. Yep. OK, I will check it out. Next up from the Vulture, Vulture.com. This is the uh, article that I was talking about earlier, where uh, it's an interview with Jody Whitaker, and it's great. It's a great interview. I don't know who I don't know who Devon Ivy is, but sp- perfect, well done. It, it seems that every, all the good questions were asked and answered to the best of their abilities. Certain things, you know, you got to withhold for you know TV purposes and whatnot. But Karen, how did you feel about this this interview? I loved this interview. I always want to hear more from good our good new friend Jody. Um, it's it's going over pretty much the stuff that we we discussed um, mm-hmm. previously, you know, about the costume and and you know it goes into a little depth about how you know the audition process and the, uh, her um, relationship, I guess her mm-hmm. her experience with the the showrunner beforehand and like it's it's just an it's it's well done interview that gives you a behind the scenes on the new doctor which is great yeah lots of fun insight in this good good stuff so read that if you are interested in seeing how that the new doctor ticks um (laughs) comicbook.com brings (laughs) us the not too surprising news that there will be no season three of iron fist not gonna lie to you i'm kind of surprised really because because it got because canceled once, then it surprisingly came back for season two. Like, I don't remember it getting canceled in the first place. I remember it getting renewed for season two and everyone saying, wait, really? <laughs> because season one, not so everyone great. Everyone hated season one. Yeah. Everyone. And then they went ahead and took a risk and said, no, we've got something here. We're going to do season two and we're going to do it right. And you know what they did? They did it. They did it right. The show was genuinely entertaining from beginning to end. And when the season finished, I was like, holy crap, they made me like this guy. Like, a lot. I'm, I want to know what happens next. I want to know what happened. I wanted to see more of the, the buddy team of uh, him and uh, uh, Meacham together. I wanted to see more of, uh, uh, what's her name, uh, Typhoid Mary and Joy. I definitely want to see more of Colleen with the fist. I want to know how... Uh, uh, what's his nuts got the fist back in both hands and he's shooting bullets with it and it's freaking awesome and they're like nah never mind it's cancelled how dare you how very dare you make me like this show how dare you fix this show go through all the effort of getting it right and then saying and now go fuck yourself no so, no 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 so, you had your chance to cancel this show when it sucked so for for the folks at home that are just listening, we have a, a messenger service that we share our news articles with each other because we don't live near each other. And this is the correspondence for just this article. This is from Chris, son of an actual bitch. <laughs> then the posting of the article. <clears throat> Karen's response, get all manner of bent, Netflix. <laughs> I love you guys. You guys are amazing. <sighs> 
Yeah. Uh, when we finished watching this show, I was I, I said to him, wow, they took this show from like a show I kind of hate to like my new favorite show. Really? It went that far for you? It was like the second season was bananas good. Right. It was really fun, and it and it wasn't just you know because we had we talked about it when it yeah. was like towards the beginning, and we were like, wow, they're actually doing doing some smart things, and then it just got really interesting. Like, I mean, geez, there was a point where because you don't give a crap about spoilers, yeah. like, there was you know, there's this whole point where uh, you know they're they're talking about getting the Iron Fist back, and Danny in this this crazy moment of level headedness is just like, you know. We should give the fist to you, Colleen, because you're way better than I am. <laughs> and, and then, like, just hold her, this for me, will you? <laughs> her response was to say no at first for good reasons, and then eventually she took it back. And Misty was there for like almost the whole season. Like Colleen and Misty played off great, played great off one another. Um, you know, Davos was an interesting villain. Uh, God, it just. It was freakish. It was freakish how well it was done. The Typhoid Mary was super interesting. And um, just her relationship with Joy and lots of unanswered questions. And it was ridiculous. It was like, it still wasn't like, holy crap, this is a masterpiece. But it was really enthralling and really entertaining. And I was looking forward to the next episode every time we watched the show. Which is not something I could say about the first season. And I... And it was entertained by the first season. I know oh, a lot of folks were. The first season was such a slog, and it, yeah, it was like the mileage that they went to for improvement's sake. It's just ridiculous. I feel that now. that's the first time we actually coined the phrase "hate watching." Possibly. <laughs> I mean, look, I have never seen such a turnaround on on a TV show. I have never seen a course correction of this magnitude. It was. It's truly astonishing, I, and you. I have to. Somebody has to be giving this show credit for that because it is just a complete night and day difference in quality. Even if you still don't like him, everything around him is so much better. It's it's you can make him tolerable. Even even if that's your if, even if that's your hang up, everything else is so good around him, and he has become so much less offensive to the fact that. End of the series. I liked the guy. It's like, oh, did you... Dude, the way you keep saying that with surprise in your voice is amazing to me. Because it's shocking to fu- to f- after season one to find him genuinely likable. But there's been lots of speculation floating around um, because one of the things that happened is Misty and Colleen got real close, mm-hmm. so they could do what is it, Daughters of the Dragon? Yep. They could very well. They could very well spin this off. I mean. Still, the best Danny has ever been was in that episode of Luke Cage, okay. and Luke Cage's current situation is what it is. Uh, you know where they left off that season. Mm-hmm. He's he's due for some kind of fall. If they do a season three of Luke Cage and then segue into Heroes for Hire, we're good. Just mm-hmm. as long as the rest of the world that they created in Iron Fist is still involved, because um, uh, not what the heck's his name. Not Joy, not Harold. Meet uh, Ward. Ward. Oh, Ward yeah. Meacham. His redemption arc has been was so interesting in this season, and in the at the end of the season, he winds up going with Danny out to go figure out how to get the the Iron Fist back. Okay, and um, 
there's just this great scene of like, what was it? Three years later or a year later or something? Three months later. That was it. It was three months later and Colleen's using the fist and charging it up with her katana. So she's got like this iron fist katana and she's out there just like protecting the streets like Danny wanted to do. And then Danny's on uh, Danny and, uh, and Ward are on the other side of the world and Ward's like doing this, this act we're with this guy trying to get information out of him, and then he defers to Danny to bring in the violence. And Danny busts out two guns, shoots a bullet out of the sky that out of the air that's shoot flying towards him by lighting up two iron fists through the guns and then shooting iron fist bullets to stop this other bullet. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> give, give me more of that, please. Okay, now I have to fucking watch Iron Fist. Son of a bitch. Okay, well. I'm sure I'm overselling it to an extent, but you will even even you will appreciate even if you hate it, you will appreciate how much unbelievably better it is than season one. Okay, that I can buy. That I'll buy. <laughs> so, no Iron Fist. No, no, no season three of Iron Fist. Maybe Heroes for Hire. Maybe who knows? We don't know, but we just know that there will be, will not be a season three. There was another story uh, that was posted that um, Netflix or or Marvel confirmed that we haven't seen the last of Finn Jones as Iron Fist. There we go. That, so that's still something that's he's still going to appear, whether or not it's in his own show or just as a uh, you know a side character that pops up from time to time. But he is still in that role so there's that all right next up from rockmancorner.com <laughs> rockman corner i I'm, a, I'm is that a, a Mega Man reference uh Mega Man in japan is oh. known as rockman okay so Mega Man fully charged removed from cartoon network's schedule um, surprising no one <laughs> yeah it seems like the cartoon network just put this on to bury it and then just to get rid of it that's like I mean, they didn't, I don't think they put it on to bury it. I think they put it on hoping that someone would watch it and uh, just didn't do too well because it apparently is not very good. Uh-huh. And that does not surprise me in the least because it looked kind of terrible. Bingo, bango, bongo. No surprise. If There you go. I mean, if you can't get me to watch a Mega Man cartoon... <laughs> you fucked wow. up, my friend. You, you done you, something wrong. You done did something wrong. And I mean, like it's it's a similar situation with that new Ninja Turtles cartoon. Okay. They can't get me to watch that new Ninja Turtles cartoon, and that's me not watching a Ninja Turtles cartoon. Yeah, that's that's shocking. I've seen a clip, and I've I looked at it and said, "This is not for me. I don't want any part of this. I don't begrudge its existence, but yeah, you do it's, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, I really don't, because I've had years and years of like the." That previous Ninja Turtles cartoon was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, absolutely amazing, and it ran for years. So I've had that cartoon for years, and I'm happy with it. And if this show finds an audience, then good on him. It's just, it's not for me. And similar to this Mega Man cartoon, it's very much not for me. And that's one of those things that I don't understand when they try to make these shows like this, where it's based on a property that has fandom from all sorts of generations right mm-hmm. you know the mm-hmm. Me- Mega Man fandom is not a bunch of young kids they don't have that right now um the sh- last Mega Man cartoon was that battle network series which was totally a totally different subset of Mega Man games which don't even get me started on that but that show had a you know pretty big popularity it did very well and there's lots of fans of that now this is a new form of Mega Man that's doesn't have any sort of game tie-in or anything like that 
uh, it's so it's really straying from what makes that character in that world loved by all of its existing fans. And instead of creating something that would appeal to those fans as well as draw in a new crowd, they tried to do something that would only draw in a new crowd because it doesn't pay any service to where it came from, at least not in any meaningful way. Like it uses sound effects and stuff from the games, but you know, the character designs are grotesque. Uh, they've changed almost everything about what made the character, the character mm-hmm. uh, it's like Mega Man and name only. So it's one of those, why are you reinventing this just for the sake of reinventing it? Now this is different from what they did with um, Thundercats where why? it's like, because there is, I can understand why they would think that that would also appeal to a certain set of Thundercats old school fans. Okay. Similar to the way that like, you know, Teen Titans go, um, Obviously, it's not Teen Titans, and it never will be, but there's a certain set of old-school fans that are going to get that humor and think that this show is really funny. Uh, Because at the end of the day, it's a very clever show, and this new Thundercats could be that. I can see where the, the people involved in that were fans of the source material and thought, this is a take on it that I think kids will really enjoy, and parents that are watching it with their kids are going to get something out of. Whether or not they're right is... I, I don't know. The show hasn't aired yet, but at least I can understand the reasoning behind it. Something like this Mega Man cartoon, and uh, to an extent that Ninja Turtles cartoon, that I just don't understand because they're saying we are going for this specific demographic that is definitely not the people that liked this before, and that kind of uh, that kind of exclusion eludes me to just completely eludes me. I don't get it. I don't get why you would do that with a property, but. You know, this is where it landed. Yeah, there you go. That's it. You know, I guess they attempted, and it seems to be a failure. So, I, it just learn from your mistakes. Cartoon yeah. network, I guess. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. There's, there's great stories to be told there. As proven by that that comic book that was canceled for this. All right, we're gonna move ah, on. Uh, this one comes to us from a Facebook account. John Smith VFX. Uh, Karen, I'm I'm assuming you posted this because it's a Doctor Who reference. Yes, you did. This is adorable. This behind the scenes of the animation for the title credits Mm -hmm. about a guy who, you know, eight years ago was futzing around and made his own Doctor Who intro while he was learning. And is now doing it officially. Yeah. Good for him. It was super cute. It's adorable. And uh, if you want to hear a lot more about what I have to say about the opening title credits now that we have finally fucking seen them in an episode, uh, you should check out my my TARDIS recap this week. Nice. (laughs) Time and relative dimension and spoilers. Uh, Yeah, I went on for quite a while, and I will thank you for the uh, use of the server, which I was able to study uh, lots of classic Who openings and see how they compared to this one. Very, very interesting stuff to me. Probably only to me, but... I'm sure there's a... I'll disagree. She was talking about this on the car ride home, and I am a... I'm really interested in the the title sequence and just listen, thinking about the evolution of it is something that I kind of want to watch myself. So I'm interested to read the article. Yeah, and then if you have, um, I'm sure they're on YouTube and whatnot, but just go go check out like some classic 
uh, who intros and then compare them to this one. And I think you will find it very interesting if this is the sort of thing that already interests you. <laughs> if not, you know, just like feel so free to dismiss me here, as a crackpot. <laughs> it's okay it's to a like this thing, but if you're into it, you're going to be really into it. You're going to be really into it. Thank you, honey. That's what I was trying to say. Nice. It's a it's an adorable story. Check it out. Um, we'll have a link in the in the show notes. Next up from Deadline dot com, DreamWorks Animation TV stuff. I mean, Netflix is is right. Yeah, it's three three new DreamWorks Animation TVs to show up on Netflix. Um, oh no, four. So it's three new kids and a family series on Netflix. I. I don't recognize any of these names. I don't know if they're they're from something else, but Gabby's Dollhouse, Rhyme Time Town, uh, She-Ra and the Princesses, Princesses of Power, which is a DreamWorks show, and Tales of Arcadia. So... There's also the, the one at the top that's pictured, I think, is uh, called Archibald's Next Big, big Thing. Uh, Archibald's next big thing, yes. And that's based on a children's book written by Tony Hale, who um, you might, you you know him from Chuck. He was the uh, obnoxious assistant manager. Yes, the guy who got shot in the dumpster yes. in the back, out back. Yes, that's yeah. Tony Hale. Okay. he yeah. He's on and Arrested he, Development. That's where will, most people know him. Yes. From. <laughs> I was going for the Evan reference. Thank you, the, I appreciate you know, it. Now, I the knew the name, and I'm like, how do I know Tony Hale? I know that name, and... Yeah, no, I know who you're talking about. Uh, but it seems so sad that that show in particular sounds like a very cute concept. <laughs> he yes ands his way through life. Nice. <laughs> it's adorable. So uh, we're getting a bunch of good stuff, hopefully from DreamWorks, and it's all going to be available on Netflix over the next year or two. Yeah, 2019, 2020. The... Uh the older my kids get, or the longer I've begun, been a parent, the more important the quality of kids' entertainment is to me. Not necessarily because of, like, whenever I want my kids to have good programming. I'm not that... I'm. I'm it's more shallow than that. I don't want to have to sit there and watch yeah. crap. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> you want the stuff for you, too, but able for the child to watch it as well. I get it. There's they are wrong. currently both addicted to this, like simple songs channel on youtube or it's so just sorry. all like i'm so sorry i believe insipid is the word <laughs> yeah i mean it's, there's nothing wrong with it it's just like children's songs but there is also no like value to it it's just something to it's a it's a it's a digital babysitter <laughs> it's a just it's a which child is not distractor. how we use it but that's what they want when we're like oh when they're like we sure? want to watch tv this is what we want and i'm like oh and you it, it's it devolves into that like because it usually starts off with ellie wants like the vegetable song and like the vegetable song is this weird thing that's this like very grunge sounding song um of just you know singing through the alphabet and like i'm a carrot i have good for your eyeballs or something and it's like it's really weird and so it's very much like a 90s grunge song and then like hey, oh. youtube is all like here's an hour and a half of uh 
what's the the channel called? Simple songs or whatever. And you get that stupid baby shark song. <laughs> it's just like baby shark do 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 and then it just does that for like baby shark, daddy shark, mommy shark, grandpa shark, grandma shark, run away, they're all dead. I don't know. Oh, it's Jesus. <laughs> it's weird. It got dark like, fast. Just like this really like really in and what's an earnest, earnest singing of like old McDonald at a farm and things like that. And it's like, man, just stop. Like, <laughs> Can't we be watching Fraggle Rock or something? Star Wars exists. <laughs> oh, kids. I have a metric ton of cartoons down here. Yeah, I got yeah. Danger Mouse for days. I got all the, all the Fraggle Rocks. And they do love Looney Tunes. I'll give them that. They love Looney Tunes. Uh, so that's great. But you know, they also love the sharks. They also love these simple. <laughs> they songs. also love garbage. <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully you'll get through that. Uh, next up, Vulture.com. <laughs> Apparently, Moffat is going to Moffat all over Dracula now. <laughs> is, is that what's going to happen? He's going to Moffat all over something else, beloved. Hey, you know what? First couple of seasons of Sherlock were great. So I'm sure the first couple of seasons of this His Dracula first show seasons be of great. Doctor Who were not terrible. Okay, Sherlock, Stephen Moffat, and Chris oh, Gattis, Gat, Gattis, Mark Gatiss. Mark yeah. Gatiss. What did I say? I said Matt, didn't I? You said Mark Chris. Gatiss are making a Dracula <laughs> show for Netflix and the BBC. The D is for Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, guys, the D is for Dracula. This is got to look for the rules. Those are the markings. Uh, the men behind the BBC's modern version of Char- Char- Sherlock. 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 It's getting late. I'm done. <laughs> They're going to do Dracula now. Dude, okay. if Meatwad's in that show and Dracula's a school bus, I am all over this show. Well, you're going to be all over this show for at least the first episode. Um, I don't know, man. I don't love Dracula outside of Castlevania, so I might not be all that interested in it. Uh, it's going to air in three 90-minute <laughs> installments on the BBC and on Netflix outside of the UK. Yeah, and that right there, that's a big turnoff for me, too. Because remember Sherlock? It'd be like, here's three episodes. Four years later, you'll get season two. See, Maybe but we are now aware we of it. like it. Now we know. <laughs> I if, was aware of it between, like, season three well, and four. Yelling, and it's, You're didn't yelling make at it, me like I did something wrong. You did do something wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll figure it out later. Yeah, no, I'm... I don't know. <laughs> I don't trust him. Uh, it's going to be a period piece set in 1897. So, yeah. It's Sherlock version, Sherlockian, Sherlockian version of Dracula, maybe? He solves crimes? That would be cool. I'd watch that. Uh, they just they can't stop making television. So, I feel like they're the only two TV producers on the BBC or for the BBC. Am I wrong in saying that? Because nobody else over here is popular. Mm. <laughs> nice. Thanks for the input, people. And Put a lot of thought into that. Finally. And it's about time. <sighs> Enrico Colante, Col- Colantoni. Colantoni. It's the dad. He's officially on board for the Hulu revival of, of Veronica Mars. It wouldn't be the show without him. It really, it really wouldn't. wouldn't. And it's like, I can't remember. Like, he didn't do much in 
the movie, but he was there. He was. And we're like, yeah, he needs to be there. I'm glad he's there. So we were all worried about that. We, we were making, you know, because he hadn't signed on yet or because he hadn't been offered yet. I don't know. But it, everything is now okay. The Veronica Mars show will be fine. We're good. So. In conclusion, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? <laughs> Would you stop saying that? All right, that's all we got for news, people. Thank you so much. Chris. Yo. Hit me up with a spiel. You can get in touch with us at com. There, I sung it. As well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can also like us on Facebook with both the Geekade page and the This Week's Episode page. Find us on Instagram at Geekade. Subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. Or follow the show specifically at Twebcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen, where can the good people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And, and Evan, I have my first oh, ever oh, Halloween oh. Twitter handle change I, i'm going by uh the username spook the moon <laughs> oh, oh i was so excited that i figured out how to change it i'm sorry i interrupted your spiel <laughs> that's okay evan where can the bad people find you geekade underscore evan if you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight be sure to check out our show notes and while you're at it you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on itunes or stitcher or if you're super nice you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated again always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post new fresh original con- well we post something new every single day in october Woo! and it's slowly killing me back to you evan thank you sir all right, so next week will be our final installment for the 31 days of Halloween. And seeing as we each got to pick, we are doing a communal pick for next week. Um, the votes have been cast. The winner is Simpsons Season 6, Episode 6, Treehouse of Horror 5. That's your Woo-hoo! I don't even remember which one there. this is, and I don't care. I'm in. Yeah, it's Treehouse of Horror. I, f- I feel like we we talked about one last year, and it's always a solid Halloween pick. So there you go. Season 6, Episode 6, Treehouse of Horror, number 5. So there's your homework, people. Join us next week, please. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Karen. You see, you got to look at the wheels. <laughs> Those are the markings. <laughs> Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.